Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. Hello and welcome. I am Sunny, Sunlight's Community Manager and a Sunlight Mom of Two. And joining me today are Emmy and Anne. We are going to be discussing the things that you may want to teach your children beyond standard academics. So whether it's finance, communication skills, household maintenance and chores, um, emotional strength or critical thinking, you'll definitely want to listen in for helpful ways to incorporate other items like this into your homeschool. So let's start with some introductions. Emmy, do you want to tell us a little bit more about you? Sure. Um, my name is Emmy Kim. Um, I am a homeschool mom of three. My oldest is 19. Then I have a 17-year-old and a 13-year-old. She just turned 13 recently. And um, and so I've been homeschooling for about 12 years now. I was a Montessori teacher before then. And, um, and I work part-time with Sunlight. And so just enjoying God's blessings and um, just happy to be here today. Well, great. Thank you. And Anne, you want to tell us a little bit more about you? Sure. My name is Ann Kubler. I started homeschooling with Sunlight back in 2007 when my oldest was preschool age. And now he is a senior and my daughter is a sophomore. So I have two high schoolers. It's a real exciting time. Um, I am also a former uh, teacher. I taught high school biology in my previous life before becoming a homeschool mom. <laughs> oh, great. Yes, yeah, so you guys definitely come from a teaching background, which is ideal. So <laughs> when it comes to homeschooling, people often think of the academic requirements. But of course, if you're homeschooling, you have the opportunity to teach and learn so many more things. So can you guys share some examples of what other things you might want to incorporate into your homeschool? Um, I just start off by saying um, it, it definitely varies. I know we'll probably talk a little bit more about that um, as we go on, but it definitely varies by age and age range. Um, I think in the younger years, I really focused a lot on their self-confidence, like developing skills that um, develop their independence and sense of responsibility. Um, we did a lot of practical life skills. Um, and as they got older, that kind of um, moved into other type of skills like sports and theater and art and extracurricular activities and, and traveling and hobbies and things like that. Um, I think all of these things kind of round out their, their whole um, educational experience and it kind of brings out um, other sides of them that maybe wouldn't be tapped into if they were just focusing on their academics. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, another thing to, to think about, um, uh, I kind of divided up these different non-academic type of things into three categories. I guess I'm an organizer type of person. So um, I kind of put things like sports and music and art and dance and those kinds of things in one category uh, as um, uh, extracurricular type of things. Because when you get to high school, you get to put these on your children's high school transcript, which is always something to think about. Uh, and then of course, household chores uh, is another thing um, that is extremely important uh, to uh, 
to work on in your family. Uh, and then a third one uh, I threw in there was volunteering um, as a family, uh, finding places in your community where you can help in, help out and chip in, things like that. Or, so I kind of came up with three different aspects of doing things that are not your, you know, four basic subjects that you try to do every day. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, what are the benefits for you, for your children about learning these other skills? You know, how are they going to help them later in life? What do you guys think? Um, I mean, I, I think that it, it's, you know, there's so many things that you can gain from doing non-academic things like extracurricular things um, or just like, like Anne was mentioning, like chores and, and things that you're doing around the house. Um, one of the things like, it's obviously if you're, if you're on a sports team or if you're doing sports of any kind, you're going to develop team building skills, learning how to communicate with your, your teammates, with your coach, um, sometimes with other parents, uh, developing positive attitudes and values while you're at it. Um, learning how not to be a sore loser, but to be a, you know, a gracious <laughs> loser or um, to encourage and support those that who those that might win in a game, um, even if you weren't part of that win, um, learning how to get along with others, communicating well. Um, I think that in a lot of situations, um, for example, my kids, my two younger girls did a lot of years of dance. They're both very good at dance. And so I think just the whole experience of dance, it builds your self-confidence in a lot of ways because you have to work really hard at your craft and then you have to you have to commit to all of that time practicing and uh, working on your techniques and putting it out there. And, um, you know, that also increases your self-confidence because after you, you've worked really hard and then had your performance at the end, it just, you know, makes you feel good because you know that um, your hard work paid off and a lot of people were blessed by it or hopefully were blessed by it. And, um, you know, and it just, it kind of just, you know, um, develops a lot of positives, positive things within yourself, I think. Um, I think that there's so many other things that I could talk about. I think that it also calms my children um, because it helps them to burn off excess energy. I mean, when they're out there playing sports and, you know, for hours and, and learning that skill and, and really directing their attention to something other than their books and their academics, I think it really helps to burn off a lot of that excess energy. I think homeschooled kids really need that, especially because they are, you know, at home a lot and having that extra outlet to, to go out and do something fun and meaningful and that involves teamwork um, just helps them to burn that off and, and also acquire some of those other important skills uh, through those team efforts. Um, arts is another thing that can be an amazing creative outlet. Um, one of my, or my younger two are especially artistic, which they did not inherit from me. I can say that 100% <laughs> without doubt. Um, they are artistic. And I think that it just really utilizes more of that right side of their brain. Um, and they, they uh, can sit there for hours and work on something that, that, you know, that they're, whether it be sewing or drawing or painting or some type of, you know, play work or something like that, they, they can do that for hours. And I think it's just a great creative outlet um, for kids. Um, I'm sure that, that Anne has a lot more to say, because I know Anne. <laughs> Anne. 
Yeah, sure. Oh, I mean, everything you've said, uh, so, so very true. I can just add, you know, a little bit on top of that. Um, I, I agree. The, the things that they end up doing for, you know, like outside of your, you know, basic subjects tend, they tend to develop their, um, uh, their own passions um, is, is what I have found. And my kids are so different. Um, but, but being homeschooled, they have the time in their day to pursue different things that they're interested in. Uh, and, um, I, they're actually both involved in team sports, which I have seen the benefit of that, uh, with teamwork, with having to be, you know, at practice and, uh, just the schedule involved with that. It's real important for them to understand, um, uh, how to, how to plan your day. They know what they have to do during the day and they know they have practice coming up and they really have to manage everything. Well, um, another benefit of some of their, uh, I'll, I'll say hobbies, because sometimes these extracurricular things or these non-academic things uh, can actually become their hobbies and things that they're really interested in. And then I come back to high school transcript time, which is where yeah, I'm in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's been uh, it was a concern at first, you know, because, oh, I know I've got all of these basic classes down. I've got, you know, my sunlight history and my literature and my science and my math. But what do I do for these electives? But it was way easier than I thought it would be. So much easier. Um, my son loves reading nonfiction, especially uh, anything involving World War II uh, or any, anything history, really. And so in his spare time, he would read all of these books and watch all of these documentaries about all these different things. And so you can take what the time they're spending on all these things and turn it into an elective credit on your high school transcript. Uh, and my daughter, uh, Zima, you mentioned that you had a couple of your children good at art and they didn't get that from you. Okay, well, I have a similar thing with my daughter. She loves baking, uh, decorating cakes and cupcakes and all sorts of things like that. And I can't do any of that. Uh, but through our co-op, she's been able to uh, to develop that. And so I can you know, add up all those hours that she spends on that and, and throw that on her transcript as an elective, like, you know, culinary arts. You can come up with all sorts of creative name for things. And uh, we mentioned household chores as another skill to work on. And obviously, it's not too hard to see the benefit of that uh, when everybody's working as a team. Uh, one of the things that I've done at my house that I didn't do when I was growing up, I never did a stitch of my own laundry until I went off to college and you know, had to do it there myself. Uh, and doing laundry is something that we started um uh, separating that out actually years ago. Everybody's responsible for their own. Uh, and we went to a college visit recently uh, with my son. And it was really funny that the student tour guide that was showing us around uh, was talking about, um, oh, just some college life things and about how she had never done laundry before. And, oh, it's great to go home on the weekend, have your parents do your laundry. My son just looked at me, you know, because he knew that if he came home on the weekends, well, <laughs> <laughs> he'd bring his laundry, but he would do it just like he's been doing it for years. Um, so those benefits are, are super easy to see. Uh, and one of the things that I love about homeschooling is that they, your children can have the time to do those things. You know, I was a former public school teacher, so I know all about that schedule. Uh, you know, when I came home from work, I didn't feel like cooking. I had to grade all these papers. And I know that there are lots of kids out there that have to come home from school and do homework and, and not have time to develop all of these other skills. So it's just great as homeschool families that we can have have the time to 
to have our families work on these things together. Yeah, and I love what you guys said um, about teaching them, you know, through their sports, you're teaching them time management or how to work with others or through doing chores, you're equipping them with skills they're going to need as an adult while they're still in your home. I know that's something that I always try with my kids is, okay, I have to prepare you for adulthood and I want you to be able to survive without me once you move out. So what are these things that I need to make sure you learn while you're here? Um, and Anne, like you said, it allows you so much more time um, when they are homeschooled. Another thing um, that I think is helpful um, is the socialization aspect of, you know, whether it's taking art classes or doing sports or those things outside of your home. I know a lot of people are apprehensive to homeschool because they think, oh, my child's going to be at home and they're not going to be socialized with other kids. And that gives them the opportunity to be with kids with, you know, similar interests um, that they will probably relate to fairly well. And I know like my firstborn is super outgoing and I'm more introverted. So if I kept her at home all the time, she would just be talk, 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 talking and not get the opportunity to get her words out with other people. Mm -hmm. So that's where, you know, dance for her has also been good because she has her friends there, you know, or youth group activities at church or, you know, just other kids that she can relate to. Um, so what are some good ways to kind of start teaching some of these things? I know some things are more intuitive that, okay, you're in my home and I'm going to teach you how to do this. But if it's not in your IG, you may not think about it, you know, especially when your kids are younger. So how do you start that and then make these skills a natural part of your day versus, you know, now we're doing school? Mm -hmm. I don't know. For us, we just added um, as many skills into our daily lives as that seemed sense at that time period um, as much as possible. So like in the early years, we would just incorporate practical life and, and chores and self-care and um, helping with meals and things like that. That was just, you know, something that became incorporated into our day-to-day. -day. Um, our kids always had a rotation of chores. They all knew what they were supposed to do on which days and um, and so that kind of gave them each the opportunity to get better at their chores and at their skills, whether that was washing dishes or sweeping or taking out the trash or giving the dogs a bath or um, picking up after their dogs outside, whatever it might be, that they all learned different skills um, and got better at those skills over time. Um, there were also, you know, in the early years, there's non-academic skills that sometimes can be precursors to academic skills. Um, for example, the fine motor coordination skills that they develop by doing things like cutting with scissors or tracing or um, uh, pouring water or using tongs or uh, whatever it might be that you have around your house that they can develop their fine motor skills with. Um, these things help them with pre-writing skills later. And so if you start that when they're, you know, in their younger years, like when they're toddlers, um, when, you know, you can, they can even like at age two and a half or three, two and a half to four, learn how to wash like a plastic bowl and a cup, you know, and um, hopefully something not breakable at first. <laughs> um, and then when they get better at it, then they can learn how to wash some things that are, are more fragile um, as you know they're getting better and better at those things. Um, 
And, and all of these fine motor type things help them with their um, ability to learn how to write later. And writing, of course, is in everything that they do or in, in a lot of things that they do with their academics. So um, that's an important skill. Um, we also, for things that we couldn't teach ourselves, um, wouldn't, we would invest in classes. We would look for uh, free classes whenever we could. Um, I know that I looked into our museums, they often had free workshops, or sometimes they would offer like a, a, a summer art thing, um, like an intensive or not an intensive, but like a like an art workshop type thing that my kids would like to do. Um, but we also invested in classes, private classes, private voice lessons, dance, um, guitar lessons, piano lessons. Um, we also did a lot of YMCA sports. Um, my husband and I both played volleyball uh, in in high school and, and intramural volleyball in college. And so we tried to pass that on to our oldest daughter, at least. <laughs> um, and and then she, you know, developed more of that with YMCA and then went into club volleyball um, and continued on that path. Um, we're short, so volleyball wasn't a super long <laughs> <laughs> uh, skill to hold on to, but, but I mean, it's just a fun skill to have, you know, and you still develop all those other team building exercises and uh, uh, qualities and, and characteristics um, as you go. Um, and so, yeah, just, I think it's just part of your day to day and anything that you can incorporate it, incorporate, like Anne had mentioned, co-op classes are also an excellent way to incorporate sports and extracurriculars. Um, we've had the opportunity to be involved in a lot of co-ops. And um, the nice thing is that there are so many different teachers that have skill sets that are completely different from mine and um, have so much to offer. Nice to be able to tap into those things as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, uh, our co-op is where you know, my daughter's been able to do a lot of this baking and art and things that I have no um, ability to do myself whatsoever. Uh, another thing to mention though, sometimes you know, your children may be interested in something and you just can't find an outside resource like that. And it really is uh, an idea to uh, learn it with them. You know, the thing that comes to my mind is like computer coding or something. Yeah, I don't know the first thing about that. My children have not been interested in that in particular. Um, that they're interested in something like that, get a product, um, get some sort of online class or something and do it with them. And then you're learning right along with them and you can help them. Uh, so that's a fun idea. Um, and back to the um, household chores, like Emmy was saying, you know, these things are just a part of our daily life, a part of our routine. Uh, but it is important to remember that even though they've seen you you know, over there loading the dishwasher or something, you know, they probably haven't really paid attention to where you put things. So whenever they do learn a new household skill, it's really important to, to, to take them by your side, really show them exactly how it's done and be there. And over just a little bit of time, then they will be able to take it over, but it's just not necessarily an automatic thing. Mm -hmm. Something to keep in mind. Yeah. Very true. You can't just go from them not knowing how to do any of it to, okay, go do this. And I think, yeah, you both brought up the, the age appropriate piece of it, uh, you know, starting when they're young. I know in our house, we did not start like outside extracurriculars until our kids were kindergarten age. 
um, because we really did want to focus on them being at home. But from the time they were little, you know, here's a bucket, put your toys in the bucket, you know, very basic things um, that they could do when they were little. And then as they've gotten older and have shown, you know, now you're old enough to work the oven. So now you can try some of your own cooking and things like that. Um, but they come alongside us. We, we tell our kids, you know, we'll provide the roof over your head and the food to eat, but we're all part of the family and we need to work together. So let's, you know, all pitch in together, whether it's cleaning up after a meal or doing laundry or things like that. And, and so, yeah, if you start that when they're young, I mean, now my kids are 12 and seven and they can do laundry, they can do the dishes, you know, they can make basic meals for themselves. Um, so I think, yeah, that's super helpful. Um, and then what age appropriate expectations maybe should you have if you're starting this out with your children, you know, and they're younger, what can they do? Or if you weren't as intentional when they were younger and you're trying to do this now with some older, you know, middle school, high school kids, where are good places to start? I think some things to consider when they're super young, because uh, there might be, uh, um, lots of things available for super young kids. And sometimes parents feel the pressure, you know, oh, oh my goodness, you know, they're, there's a certain age, oh, they're three, they've got to get into dance class now, I've got to make sure to sign up. Uh, and I joke about that, uh, but, but it really is a thing, you do want your kids to have these opportunities. But if you didn't jump at that when they were super young, uh, I know for sure if they get into it later, they'll actually pick up skills a lot faster when they're older, uh, more coordinated, more ready to do those things. Uh, so something to think about as they're really young is weighing the cost of the activity to the benefit. Um, my daughter did do a little bit of dance when she was older and we, oh, I loved watching the younger, you know, kids. They were so fun. Uh, but it's true that some of them, you know, get, get the stage right. And, and you know, at the recital, they just kind of stand there <laughs> and not do much. Um, so it's really okay to, to wait on certain things. Um, uh, if you, um, you know, are considering, you know, the cost versus the benefit of certain activities, especially when it comes to anything, it takes coordination, any sort of sport for sure. Sometimes it really can be better to uh, wait a little bit on those things. Uh, but then of course, the benefit of doing it a little earlier, they might be able, you might be able to find out what they really like, you know, to do. If they like soccer or they like, you know, the other things more. And lots of times activities can be a little less expensive when they're younger. And that might be a way to fill out the different things that they might want to you know, keep, keep on doing. So there's just kind of pros and cons all around. You just have to weigh the benefits for your family with those things. Yeah. And I want to piggyback a little bit on what Ann had said about um, them developing their, I, I think you said something about developing their passions and things like mm -hmm. that. And I think that I noticed for my kids that that really happened a lot more in the middle middle school uh, age uh, time period and high school. I think that in the early years, it was kind of like a, a mix of trying to try out different things, you know, find out what they were naturally good at and what they had to work really hard at to get better at. Um, but as they got to that middle school and high school age range, I felt like that's where they started to kind of narrow down more of their options and really start to develop a sense of, oh, I really like this, you know, and and this is what um, I just it's not work for me. Like they, I, mom didn't have to push them to do anything, you know, to, to take that class or whatever. They were just motivated because they wanted to do it because they had that God given inherent uh, skill set or that potential to develop that skill. And I feel like those later years are really important for parents to, to kind of be observant 
pay attention to where your kids are excelling and, and where they're thriving and uh, what makes the most sense, you know, what, where you want to invest uh, your time and your resources into the most uh, for the benefit of your children, because over time, those things sometimes tend to unfold um, as they get older. Um, for my kids, that was definitely dance. Um, we also found that to be the case with art and with sports. Um, for my older daughter, it really became apparent in her leadership skills with leading worship. Um, when she got into high school, she was on the worship team and, um, and really developed some of those skills that we did not know were there until she had her hand at it and, you know, had an opportunity to lead at VBS and then to lead on Sunday mornings and, um, and, and, you know, just watching those skills and those gifts unfold and, and nurturing those gifts and talents, I think is really important from a parental perspective. Yeah, that's great. Um, it, you mentioned older kids, sometimes it's easier to figure out what they enjoy doing, what they enjoy learning on their own. What about that child though, that's having a hard time finding mm -hmm. what they are passionate about? And, you know, I've joked that, you know, I don't care what my kids do as long as they're doing something, you know, I want them to be active and I want them to do something. Um, but how do you help your kids maybe find what they enjoy or what their passion is if they're just a kid that is struggling to find that or they've jumped from activity to activity and can't seem to stick with anything? Hmm. Oh, that's a real question. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm like, any, I, know, I, I think, uh, uh, yeah, let them go to the library. I think that's a great place to start um, because if you, we, we all know how wonderful books are, you know, we're all sunlighters. Um, so if they have a chance to go and look at different, you know, topics, different subjects and, and learn about different things, they may end up finding something that they're super interested in that they never uh, knew about before. So that's one thing. Um, I think utilizing field trips uh, would be something. You can go visit historical places or museums and and uh, see different things to help them uh, see what they uh, might want to be interested in. Um, and of course, locally, um, you could try out your different groups, try out a sport or, or you know, something like that. Um, so that in that case, it takes a lot more intentional seeking out of things. Uh, if it doesn't, uh, there's not something that they just automatically say, hey, this is what I want, let's go get it. Um, so it, you'll just have to be intentional to really seek out different things, to give them some well-rounded experiences to, to partake in. I agree with Anne. I think it's just, sometimes it's a little bit of a mishmash of <laughs> things, you know, you just sort of you know, find out that your friend is playing some sport and, you know, maybe um, see if your child wants to participate, you know, and, and just giving them the opportunities. I think, I think saying yes to things, you know, being willing to, to map out um, times on your calendar or like set aside, you know, time uh, in your schedule for activities, extracurricular activities, and just giving your kids opportunities. I know my kids, certainly don't excel at every sport, um, but just giving them the ability to try and at least gain some competence in different like varieties of sports and skills, I think is also good because it may be a latent skill, something that they, they may have their hand at tennis, for example, like in their elementary years through some, you know, summer class and maybe do really bad at it, but then later 
find that it becomes more of a passion as they get older. So I, I just feel like it is like Anne was saying, you kind of have to, you know, weigh the pros and cons and um, see if it's worth the investment because some of these things do cost. It, it is an investment for sure. <laughs> I'll just say that. Yeah. And I liked your suggestion about, you know, checking with the Y or, you know, summer art camps or things like that maybe as a, like a trial basis. So that way you aren't investing, you know, a full year of private, whatever <laughs> <laughs> lessons it might be. Um, and I think too, you, you said something there that made me think about the fact that if a child isn't naturally good at something, that's okay too, because it teaches them, you know, how to be a good sport or, how to not be good at everything, you know, because in real life, we aren't good at everything. Um, and there may be things that we enjoy that we aren't naturally good at, but we still enjoy doing them. Yeah. And I think hobbies that you'll take with you into your adulthood, you know, that's still important if you enjoy it. So that was great advice. Um, but what happens if I know, and you mentioned you are not a baker and your daughter is passionate about that. Uh, what do you do if you're feeling unqualified to teach something and you don't really know where to find help with that? What are some options for maybe outsourcing that thing to someone else who's more qualified to teach your child those things? Right. Our homeschool co-op locally has been an amazing resource for that. Uh, we have a co-op that is parent-led. If your family is involved in the co-op, you as a parent have to teach something. So I do science labs. And so kids get to do their high school chemistry lab and their high school biology lab uh, with me. And, uh, and then there's other people, you know, like I said, do the, the baking and the cake decorating and the art and things like that. Um, so that it really is a great opportunity. And it just seems as homeschooling becomes more and more widespread, these uh, co-ops uh, are popping up everywhere. You can start your own. Uh, if you'd like to, if you've got some friends um, in the area, I do. Uh, I had a very artistic neighbor. And so they would, uh, my kids would go over to her house to do something every now and then. So just your little circle of friends, you can do things here and there. Um, and uh, another thing um, is online classes too. I don't, I'm not sure about the elementary age, but as a high schooler who might be interested in something that you have no expertise on whatsoever, there's bound to be some sort of online instruction uh, with that that they can do themselves. Uh, and then again, uh, you can also just try to learn something new yourself and, and, uh, and have a go at it. And honestly, I think that could teach your children a lot, especially because they know that you're not you know, comfortable uh, in that area. You don't know much about it, but by golly, you're going to give it a try and you're going to learn it uh, right there with them. Yeah, I love that. I'm a big fan of YouTube for learning things I need to know. So <laughs> whether it's refinishing furniture or fixing a faucet or whatever, uh, my husband and I have done that on a lot of things. We go to YouTube and learn how to do various things and then we try them. And that's actually how we discovered that my son liked drawing um, mm -hmm. because he had seen us do that. And he loves superheroes and he wanted to learn how to draw some of his favorite superheroes. So he went to YouTube and we've got the little Alexa and he's like, show me how to draw, you know, these superheroes. And he would copy, you know, the directions. And that's how we discovered that that's something he enjoys and is really good at. So, yeah, I think being willing to learn in front of your children too, or, oh, I don't know how to do that. Let's go figure it out. is <laughs> a great way to kind of find what your kids might enjoy. <laughs> So now the whole thing um, that I really want to focus on is like positioning your child for adulthood 
what are the absolute musts? And I know you mentioned the laundry, like going to college, knowing how to do yes. your laundry. What are like the absolute like top must have things that you guys feel are important for teaching your kids before they're on their own? Yeah, two things came to my mind uh, right away, working towards independence and having responsibility in general. Um, uh, are so important for when they get on their own. Uh, and independence as far as school, that will vary from child to child, uh, uh, even within your own family, as I have seen. Um, but uh, it's just great how sunlight is designed for you all to be learning together in all of the elementary and middle school years. And then high school, they ease you into that independence of, of making your own schedule and having your own student guide and working through everything. Um, and then just having the responsibility. I think, um, you know, when they hit the high, to the high school age, you know, they um, are responsible for getting their work done uh, in the middle of all the extracurriculars, you know, that they are doing. Um, and so that's just super important. We, we had a new experience this semester at our house. My son did a dual credit college class. Um, so we outsourced that for his senior year for his English class so that he could you know get a college credit to start off with um and uh so he went in person and i i prepared him you know beforehand i told him what a syllabus was and and what that meant and what all was going to show you and i remembered how i felt looking at that syllabus the first day of class thinking how am i going to do all this and all of a sudden you know the semester's over and you found that you've done all of that um and i feel that sunlight uh, his high school sunlight years have really prepared him for his college experience. Uh, he was able to keep up with everything uh, on the schedule um, and, and just a real, just a great. So I'm just a proud mom here right now. Um, so those are the two things and I know they're kind of broad but just developing independence so that they will be able to do things on their own and be responsible for doing them on their own or just key things that as, and uh, Emmy, you've got one in college now. So I know you have a lot to say about this too. Oh, yeah, I agree with you, Anne. I think those two things are so, so important. Leadership, I'm sorry, independence and responsibility. I have my other things on my list here that I'm looking at. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to also um, say that I, I noticed that with Sunlight, because of the way that it's structured in the high school years where they, the kids have their own student um, guide and the parent has their own parent guide, and so the students can go off of their own schedule and um, are responsible for finishing and completing their assignments and you as a parent are more hands-off and you're just kind of supervising and grading and, and kind of guiding them through it a little bit uh, more. Um, I felt like, especially for my oldest who went into college, that that was um, an excellent preparation for her college life because when she did get into uh, college, she felt like it was uh, the same thing that she had already been doing. She was just doing her assignments on her own. She was independent. She was going to talk to her professors um, if she needed additional help or um, speaking with the TA, scheduling times for that if she needed to. But otherwise, it wasn't difficult for her to, you know, just go by the schedule and get her assignments done and study and be ready for her exams and, and finish her papers and things like that. Um, I... I, I know that this was significant for her because she was a little bit confused when she saw that a lot of her friends 
um, all because she made a lot of new friends, obviously, that were not homeschooled and that were really struggling with that aspect in in their first year of college because they were not accustomed to doing things on their own. They were used to having somebody hold their hand or um tell them, you know, your paper is due tomorrow or, um, you know, saying you have to be ready for your test on such and such day and, you know, whatever. Um, you know, she was surprised that a lot of people were not used to that and were not turning things in, were not even showing up for exams sometimes because they, you know, didn't realize it was scheduled or, you know, things like that. And, um, and so I think that Sunlight did an excellent job with that. Um, a couple of other things that I did want to mention that were important in, in uh, that I think are important for preparing your child for adulthood, you know, just give them opportunities to develop some um, work or job or volunteer type of um, experiences um, so that, you know, as they're going through college, you know, the goal is to um, just learn and, you know, you want them to learn and to love learning, of course, but you want them to also develop it, to hone in on what uh, God wants them to do in this life and in this world. Um, and so, you know, for us, I felt it was important to give our kids volunteer opportunities. Um, my daughter did uh, the World Relief Hunger organization here in Waco a little bit where they um, do agricultural uh, type of things to, to that sustainable agriculture to help relieve, you know, world hunger uh, overall. It's a huge project and she was able to participate in that. I think that that gave her a kind of a broader perspective of the world and how you might be doing something little on the gardening side, but, you know, the overall picture is that you are contributing to something much larger and um, being diligent in the little things, I think is important to know how later that that could develop into something bigger. If God calls you to something bigger, you know, later, um, having an appreciation for the little things that you're doing. Um, also, we let our kids do lots of babysitting for the neighbors. Sometimes it was free for church. We would have a life group and somebody needed child care and, and my girls would um, be responsible for that, um, whether that was volunteering their time or whether that was actually being paid for something, whether it was, you know, it could have been babysitting and sometimes it was actual part-time summer jobs or something like that. Um, I think that that also develops in them preparation for adulthood because they're learning to be on time and they have to do their work well and um, interact with customers or with families and communicate and schedule things and um, and be responsible with what what they're asked to do. Um, I think that that was really really beneficial uh, for my girls as well because you know later when my oldest actually did get um, another type of job, she was well prepared for it and was um, you know not worried about how to communicate or how to how to do her job well because she had had already lots of other experiences for that prior to then yeah that's so true I'm glad you brought up working too because that mm -hmm. reminded me of the financial aspect too when your kids move out they're gonna have to know how to manage their own money and you know pay their bills and those types of things um so yeah even a part-time job or something while they're still living in your home is a great opportunity to learn about that saving your money 
managing your money. I know when I started my high school job, my dad showed me how to file my taxes so that I already knew how to do that while I was living at home. Um, and so, yeah, I think coming alongside your kids as they you know, hit those milestones and teaching them how to do those things. Another thing I know, um, I was naturally very shy as a young child and my parents would make me get out there and talk to people or do things on my own. And definitely by the time I was in high school, so that when I went off to college, uh, you mentioned talking to professors about things. I wasn't sitting there waiting for my mommy, you know, to do that for me because now I was on my own and I had developed those social skills over time. So yeah, I think just doing those things naturally as they come up with your children and challenging them at the level that they're ready for um, is a great way to make sure that they're ready once they're grown. Um, ladies, thank you so much for sharing this with us. Um, I appreciate you being here and I feel like I've gotten some great new ideas for my kids as they get older and I value your experience. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sunny. It was fun. I enjoyed yeah. it. <laughs> great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here on the Sunlight Connections podcast. You can also visit Sunlight Curriculum on social media, in our Sunlight app, or at sunlight.com. I am Sunny from Sunlight, reminding you to tune in next time.